Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. If you have your Bible with you, I want to invite you to turn with me to John's Gospel, the 16th chapter. John's Gospel, the 16th chapter, and we're going to get there in just a few minutes, but I want to, I want to introduce to you this morning a series of messages that we're going to be sharing over the next several weeks entitled, Life in the Spirit. I believe with all my being that God is doing dynamic and powerful things here in the life of this church. And I trust that what we see collectively as we come together on Sunday mornings is just simply the byproduct of what's happening in each of our lives individually as believers. That when we come in and we're seeing dynamic moves, powerful moves of the Lord in our, in our services, that it is indicative that in your own life, day in, day out, week after week, that the Spirit of the Lord is moving. That, that God is moving in your life. And I'm not going to mince any words this morning. I'm not going to take any time getting to where I want to be. I just simply want to tell you this morning that if you've ever heard the term life in the spirit, if you've ever, you know, just had any question in your mind as to what that means, I want to share with you today and I want to start with this very first message to tell you that life in the spirit is for you it is for you I am and I train my team to be Ephesians 4 pastors and Ephesians 4 beginning in verse 11 the word of the Lord says this and he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of what? The Son of God. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of who? That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love again I want to just highlight that we're speaking the next several weeks on the subject of life in the spirit and as the shepherd of this flock I, I, I've been I believe the Lord is calling this church to deeper things in the spirit deeper things in the spirit I speak prophetically to you right now saying that I believe that God is about to lead this church through a season and is leading this church through seasons of spiritual growth 
spiritual maturation i believe we're going to begin to see those things happening in our own lives in exponential rates like never before i believe we're going to be looking on at people around us and say you know what i can't quite put my finger on exactly what it is but i see the hand of god at work in their lives and there's something just a little bit different than there was about them a few months ago and what it is, is that they are going to be transforming from glory to glory into the image of Christ. Christ Jesus. That initial growth is going to be through the spiritual maturity of the saints. And the byproduct of that growth is that collectively we will have a greater reach into this community and we'll see souls saved, we'll see deliverances, we'll see healing and all manner of things happening as mature saints are awakened to an understanding of the Holy Spirit's work in their own lives. I want you to right now begin to pray in your heart asking God to show you how he wants and what he wants to do in your heart, in your life, and in your mind regarding the work of the Holy Spirit. I stand up here week after week after week, year after year now for years and expound vision and just say, hey, this is what we're believing for. This is how it's going to happen. This is, what, this is what we need to be believing for. This is what our expectation needs to be. And, you know, you may be as Zechariah was looking on at those things and saying, how can these things be? And I'm here to tell you today that these things will not be by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the the living God as he's working in and through our lives to bring us to the maturity that is the person of Christ and then we begin to see that change begin to take place in the world around us so I want you right now to begin with that prayer in your heart and say, God, what are you wanting to do in me through the power of the Holy Spirit? I want you to also to begin to ask God to give you a pliable and a broken heart a pliable and a broken heart. Now, understand this. I'm not suggesting to you that you need to pray that suddenly your life is filled with sorrow, grief, and heartache. That's not what I mean. But what I mean is that you need to ask God to rest from your heart pride and arrogance and any obstinance towards the Spirit's work in your life and say, here am I, Lord. Whatever you have for me, God, I want it. I'm here for it. I'm seeking after you. I'm following you with all that's in me because I want to be overflowing with everything that you have for me. Now, I want to speak to some of the hesitancies. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a parallel, I believe, to, to John's prologue of the gospel where it says, and, and Jesus came unto his own and his own received him not, that the world was made by him, but the world knew him not. I believe it could be said in the church in many instances that the church was made by the power and through the power of the Holy Spirit but yet the Holy Spirit came unto his own and his own received him not and his own knew him not so pastor why are we spending this time we're spending this time to familiarize ourselves with with somebody that Jesus said was going to be a comforter to us a help to us a, a strength to us 
And as, as we begin to talk about this issue of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, maybe, maybe you're here in this room or maybe you're watching online and like the, the meter's just all over the place because you've heard so many different things and so many different renditions and you've seen so much garbage in the name of the Spirit that there's a hesitancy right now. And I, I want to just be the first in line to say, I get it. I understand it. But I, I want to address these, these hesitancies. Number one, I want to share with you today that this is not some second level course in spirituality. You know, when, when there's certain levels of courses, they have these asterisks beside them and it, it, it indicates that there are prerequisites. In other words, you've got to have completed a certain level of something before you can move on to the next level. And so oftentimes I believe there are a lot of people in the ranks of Christianity when we begin to talk about the things of the Spirit, they maybe say, well, Pastor, I'm new to the church. I'm new to the Christian faith. I don't understand all of that, and maybe this isn't for me right now. I want to tell you something. It is for you right now. Right now. And, and, and maybe you're thinking to yourself, I'm, I'm not sure I understand the basic tenets of faith. There was a time in the book of Acts when Peter was called to a man's house to go and preach the gospel to him. And this is what the word says about that encounter in Acts chapter 10. It says that while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. It's the first time they heard the gospel. And it says, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because of the gift of the Holy Spirit that was poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. I don't care if you got saved yesterday, last night, this morning on the way to church, or if you come in repentance at the, as a response to this message today, I'm telling you from that point forward, salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ is the only prerequisite required for your life to be filled to overflowing with the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Number two. Maybe you didn't grow up in a tradition wherein the continued work of the Holy Spirit received much mention at all. In fact, maybe you grew up in a tradition where the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit did receive a lot of mention, but it was mentioned in a negative context. You, you maybe have heard a lot of teaching aimed at refuting many of the things that we'll speak about over the next several weeks. Maybe your understanding is that once the Holy Spirit draws you to salvation, that his work is complete in your life and you don't need to feel any that there's any further need for reliance upon the Holy Spirit or that his work in your life is vague and far off and kind of undefined. I want to tell you today that the scripture is clear as to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives and what a life in the Spirit should produce for us. Number three, and this is my favorite kind of hindrance because it's one with which I can probably most easily and readily identify. And that is maybe you grew up in a tradition where the Holy Spirit was mentioned often. And what you saw in response was something that has hindered you from a healthy relationship with the Holy Spirit. The body of Christ, and this is Steve's observation, take it for nothing more than just Steve's observation. 
But Steve's been in church almost 47 years. I grew up with a drug problem. I was drugged to church on Sunday morning, back again on Sunday night. I was drugged on Wednesday night. I was drugged to every one of the revival meetings. I was drugged to the gospel singings. I was drugged to the camp meetings. You got me? And I've seen a lot of stuff done and said in the name of the Spirit. And I believe that the body of Christ has missed out on incredible and dynamic moves of the Holy Spirit and dynamic manifestations of the Spirit of God because there have been so many people who have made life in the Spirit about a lot of things that it was never intended to be. Life in the Spirit is not about spiritual showmanship. It's, it's not about my eliteness as a believer to be able to say things that freak you out or that you makes you scratch your head and say, well, my Lord, I've never heard of that before. That person must really be in tune with God. I've had some people come to me and say the most outlandish things and you're just like, You just as likely got that off the sci-fi channel as you did from the Spirit of God. Matter of fact, more likely. Probably. I've seen people run into walls. I've seen people jump into baptistries. I've seen people run through drum sets in the name of the Spirit. And I'm not mocking anybody's response and maybe you've seen things before and you just look at it and scratch your head and the range of these issues is wide and varied and we're not going to take the time to speak to all of them. But suffice to say, you may have encountered times in your Christian walk when you've seen or heard things and you question their validity and rightly so. As a matter of fact, the word of the Lord says that you and I, 1 John chapter 4, that you and I are to test the spirits to see if they're from God. And we're going to get to that in a little bit later. But the sad fallout of much of this is that over the years, much of the church has abandoned what the Holy Spirit has to offer. And I believe that not only have individual believers suffered as a result, but the church has suffered and the world around it has suffered as a result of men and women of God giving up on life in the Spirit. Jesus was explicit when he says to us that the Holy Spirit is going to be our guide. I thought this morning during team huddle that Sean was going to preach my entire sermon. It's like, man, get on with it. Clap and say hallelujah. We're ready. Don't, don't share my whole word right here. But the Holy Spirit is our guide. I want to introduce him to you this morning. And Jesus is explicit when he states that the Holy Spirit will come and he will guide us into all truth. That's not to say that you're going to understand all truth or that all truth is going to fit in the rationale of your, of your own uh, physical logic, your natural logic. But it is to say that he's going to guide us into a truth of God's word. Will it at times be mysterious? Will it at times be things that we don't completely comprehend or understand? Yes, it will. But it will not be weird. Can I say that again? It, it will not be weird. It may outpace our understanding. 
It may take some time of prayer and waiting before the Lord before we get a fuller revelation of what we're being led into, but there will be a standard of truth that he's going to lead us to. Jesus said, John 16, 13, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth and he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He's not here to lead us into weirdness. He's not here to lead us into sensationalism or extra biblical spiritual and I'm not trying to dilute the work of the spirit to such a state that suggests that you can readily understand everything that he's doing but I'm, and I'm not trying to suggest that there won't be times that you have to say Lord I don't understand this but God I trust you and I sense this is the direction your spirit is leading me and as you survey the landscape of church life, you'll most definitely find times that you encounter with people things that the Spirit has revealed to them. And let's face it, John says that we are to test the spirits to see if they're from God. As I mentioned earlier, John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out in the world. Do you know who a false prophet wants to reveal to you? Me. When, when, I, when I manifest for you a spiritual demonstration that shines the light on me, it's not of God. It's of the flesh. Maybe I'm insecure, maybe I'm something, maybe I'm weird, I don't know, but it's, it's of me, it's not of the Spirit. But that's what it is, and you test the spirits. Does that reveal Christ or does it not? Because if it points a finger back to me, how great I am, how spiritual I am, how in tune I am, then it's not of God. As a matter of fact, the Word says that no flesh is going to glory in His presence. Sometimes we hear things that are simply outside the boundaries of Scripture. Even at times we, we don't understand all the Spirit is doing in our lives. We can know this. The sincere work of the Holy Spirit will always be undergird by the truth of Scripture. And we are to move by faith in the Spirit's guidance for our lives. You want to know how to test the spirits to see whether they are of God? You come back to this word. And you say, can I find what I heard in this word? Because if I can't find it in here, it likely didn't come from God. Pastor, why are you doing this? I'm giving you guardrails. I'm giving you guardrails so that you can come to the altar before God and pour your heart out, broken and yielded before the Spirit of God and say, Lord, do in me what you will. Listen, God is not the author of confusion. Just because you don't understand what God is doing in a given situation doesn't spell confusion. Just because you can't see the whole picture with clarity doesn't necessarily spell confusion. 
As a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul writes and says, Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now where the Spirit, where the now the Lord is spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Just because, just because the movements of the Lord are sometimes shrouded in mystery, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're confusing. And the Spirit's job in all of this is to bring clarity to us. I'm so glad they gave me a flashlight this morning before I came on the platform. I love it. I'm going to turn this light on. What does this light say to you? The, the light actually says, yeah, yeah, it can say that. This light doesn't say a thing. If you want to understand what, Je what Jesus is saying in John chapter 16, then understand this. He says the Spirit will guide you into all truth. And that's the basis of what the Spirit says. Look here. Do that, okay. So there, there's, there's certain things here that you can see with your natural eye. How many of you can see this sign with your natural eye? You can read the words a little bit. You see Jesus. Is that all you see is Jesus? Because you've, you've been to church, you've been around, you, you grew up in... Christian nation, you understand that you know we're all here today and this is about Jesus. So there are things that we can perceive with the natural eye. There are things that we can read through the word that we can understand with the natural mind, but there are deeper things in the word. And, and, the, and Paul writes to the Corinthian church and says, the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God and reveals them to us. So the light has nothing to say, but the light has a message to reveal. And as the light begins to shine on the message that is, there is a greater vibrance and a greater clarity that not only is he Jesus, but he's my provider, he's the king of kings, he's my savior, my redeemer, my healer, and the Lord of lords, my defender, the lamb of God, and my deliverer. As a matter of fact, if you and I just want to really go ahead and saturate ourselves in the Spirit of God, there'll be such a vibrance of the message of Christ that is brought into our lives that we can't see. With the, how many of you see that a little better now? Matter of fact, matter of fact, pull that house light down just a little bit and let's see the effect of the, of the work of the Spirit here on the message. You begin to see that with greater greater clarity greater vibrance greater reality it's as if the message is coming to life is it not and that is the spirit's work in us as we live in the spirit jesus says that 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 the holy spirit's destination is himself he will glorify me 
He will bring attraction. He will bring attention to me, to the facets of my character, to my being. He says he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Spirit brings clarity. He illuminates our minds. He gives guidance in our lives. He he gives empowerment for witness and service for demonstrative gifts and all pointing towards Christ because the destination of the Spirit's leading in our lives is to a greater revelation of Jesus. As a matter of fact, if you want to illustrate this, here, here we go. In Revelation chapter 1, just mention the book of Revelation and people's minds go bonkers. Just Probably some of you had 35 questions just register in your mind right then because I said Revelation. But there is perhaps no greater message in the book of Revelation than what is found right here in chapter 1 when John says this, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I was in prayer. I was in communion with the spirit of God on the Lord's day. And I heard. I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet. Saying I am the alpha and omega the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And then I turned to see the voice that spoke to me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet and girded about the chest with golden, with a golden band. His hair, his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass as if refined in a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. Two simple points here. John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard with clarity the voice of a resurrected savior. And I saw with clarity the countenance and the person and the character of a resurrected king. Can I tell you that in your life, if you will get in tune with the Spirit of God, He is wanting to reveal those very things to you. The voice and the character and the countenance and the person of a resurrected Savior. He wants to bring revelation and clarity to us. He reveals the light and the life of Christ to us that we might know the truth and thereby be free. We no longer have to stagger through the darkness of confusion. I believe that the Holy Spirit is still drawing men and women to a salvation experience in Christ Jesus. He wants to illuminate things in us to us 
in us are there active ministries of the Holy Spirit in your life today absolutely he wants to work in you revealing things to you that are not of Christ because he wants to reveal Christ in us and today we learn in Ephesians chapter 4 that your standard for maturity in the things of the Lord is not the person seated across the aisle from you in the church. It's not the person up here on the platform. It's not even the person behind this pulpit. But it is the person that's revealed to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the resurrected Christ. And he's wanting to work in us to show us things, to transform us from glory to glory to glory into that image. I believe that the initial physical evidence of a second work of the Holy Spirit subsequent to his work in bringing us to salvation is that you will speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance and you will be filled with power to be an effective witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe the Holy Spirit has a work to do in your life as an individual that will encourage, that will strengthen and mature you as a believer. And I believe that the Spirit of the Lord wants to reveal Christ to us, in us, and through us. Because as your life and mine is set on fire by the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not about us and the fire that we have or the anointing that we carry. It's about the life of Christ that is manifest through us to a lost and dying world. How can the Spirit of God shine light on my life, not for my glory, but for His? Are there active manifestations of the Spirit in the church today? Yes. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, tongues and interpretation, gifts of faith and healing, discerning of spirits and the working of miracles, the gift of prophecy. Yes, all of those. I believe it with all my heart that they are active and a part and something for which the church of Jesus Christ should ardently expect today. As a matter of fact, when Paul was writing to the church about spiritual gifts, he said, desire the best gifts. But here's the catch. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. It's not about me, but it's about how Jesus is being revealed through me. The Spirit's work in my life is not to make me appear super spiritual, but to make me appear in the likeness of Jesus to the world around me to the fellow sojourners of faith around me. The Spirit's work in my life is not to make me a sensation in the church, but a mature, effective believer in the world. And the more He shines in me and on me, hopefully, the more Christ is seen through me. I am and you are called to be Christ's ambassadors to this world. That means that we're not here to represent our own interests. We're not here to press our own agenda. 
but we're here as instruments in the hand of the Lord to speak for him to be his hands reaching his feet going his heart beating and loving and I've got to tell you something church I don't have that capacity in myself nor do you maybe a greater measure but not in full not what you need and I want to impress upon you the thought today that life in the spirit is for you you were never intended to just have a mediocre church experience where you come in week after week and you go out but I want to tell you today that the Spirit of God wants to do deep things in your life and mine that reveals Christ to us in us and through us and over these next several weeks and in these next few moments I want you to begin praying God how do you want to reveal how do you want to move in my life by the power of the Holy Spirit can I tell you today that the Spirit of the Lord is a gentleman he's not gonna force you any further than you want to go He's not going to make you do some weird thing that you didn't intend on doing. But he wants to move in your life in powerful and dynamic ways, taking you deeper, deeper, deeper than you've ever been before. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.